come on ahead up. Give David and Cheryl a round of applause, would you? So some of you will know David and Cheryl um, a little bit. Um, some of you don't. Um, so put your hands up if you don't know who David and Cheryl is. Just put your hands up. All right, so quite a few. So there you go. Lots of people to get to know him now. Exactly. Yeah. Good plugs. <laughs> Um, so, um, David and Cheryl are part of our Lurgan Church family, have been for, I don't know, th three years now, yeah. Um, the context, I guess, is that, well, I have known these guys for about 20 years, and uh, it's been amazing to watch what God has done in and through their lives over those years. Um, as you know, our church family is part of a wider kind of partnership of churches called the Tabar Network of Churches. And um, we've been really thrilled at what the Lord is doing. Our heart there is to see mature, thriving churches all across our land and to see churches not just grow, but multiply in the nation. And, um, and so it's exciting that these guys carry a heart, particularly for the south of Ireland. So tell us a little bit about your heart for Ireland and then... In particular, tell us a little bit about the stirrings that are in the south of Ireland. Okay. Or sorry, the west of Ireland. That's what I meant to say at the moment. <laughs> it's all right. It's over the border. <laughs> um, yeah, so I suppose our heart. Um, we first went down there with Elijah's just here, our oldest boy, when he was seven months old. Um, we went down. Um, yeah, as a family, we've been there since 2012. Um, and actually, primarily, we went just to serve um, alongside sort of a nationwide, I was doing youth stuff in different secondary schools and stuff like that, saw a real hunger and passion amongst young people just to wrestle things of faith, also ha saw a lot of openness, even in the chaplains, there was a lot of breaking down in tears, them wrestling with faith, David had guys who were paramedics, sergeants in the guards, breaking down and just wrestling with things of faith. And uh, so yeah, our heart is that we were seeing just real hunger from the people, but at the same time, a real vacuum of churches. So we were part of a small church plant in the East Galway, a place called Balnasloe, and we were on lead team there. And what we actually saw were people traveling for at least 30 minutes to get to us, new believers, and they didn't pass one other church. It wasn't a case of we were their church of choice. They didn't pass one other church. So these people were coming from market towns about the same size as Portadown, yeah. um, and yet they were new believers, two of them maybe, and they were coming to us for discipleship, but had a real heart for their own town. And we just saw vacuums of those market towns just without anything. And I think that's when the Lord was just really stirring, going, what are you going to do about it? And so, yeah, that's our heart. So you right. spent how long down there? So we went in 2012, and then we just came up, yeah, eight years. We came back during COVID. God told us to come up to mm -hmm. be equipped, tooled up for the next season. Came back knowing, well, a strong hunch that you were always probably going to go back. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So David, tell us a little bit more and tell us about maybe what's going on in the West. Is that okay? Yeah, so I suppose, yeah, being up here, we thought, you know, we just need to align ourselves with with just these guys in Tubber. I always say Tubber. And he's, he's the Tubber man. <laughs> That's the proper the way The Irish word for a while is Tubber. And uh, so we felt that being up here and being part of these guys was so good and what we needed. And I think what we saw in the South was that there were, there were pockets of things, but they were sort of all discombobulated and, and there needs to be some sort of um, apostolic um, mindset, you know, to, to connect people. And, and then our journey here has been, well, Lord, we're here, we're learning, we're growing. So what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? And then as we processed that and prayed about that, uh, we, we've always had strong connections to Connacht, right? And 
that's where we were in the province of Connacht. And so as we prayed and sought the Lord, we'd done a few prayer trips. We met with people. We just were sensing what God was saying. Um, and then basically about five years ago, one of the things that really stirred us to North Connacht, so you're talking sort of North Mayo, Sligo direction, was um, about five years ago, I had this really, really clear picture when I was praying one morning that there was this angelic like funnel. It was really, really weird where all these angels were coming across the border of Northern Ireland and just dropping down into Sligo area. And so that really was the beginning of stirring us to go, well, what is it in Sligo or what is it in North Mayo that, that we need to be doing? So we had a few trips. We prayed around, met some leaders, and then, you know, there was just lots of prophetic words over the years that God started to tie together. As last year we went, we prayed through Sligo, and Cheryl was like really overcome by the God's spirit, you know? So we started to explore, well, do you want us to be here? There's lots of pockets of little churches around the Sligo area. And then we started to connect with uh, people we know in North Mayo. So uh, we spent some time with, with those guys and basically what they're doing. So in the North Connaught area in North Mayo, there's a girl called Valerie and her husband, Bert, and they've been there for 20 years. And their part, the Lord really led them to, to gather leaders so in the past few years, they've been gathering over 150 leaders mm. all over the Connaught area. Mm. And uh, just, we were at a, the conference there recently. And to see, like in Ireland, you don't get that. In the west of Ireland, you just don't get that because everyone's doing their own wee thing and struggling through to do what they're doing. But these guys have managed to gather, for some reason, 150 leaders and the sense of God as they join together and, and the stirring of God is what is God going to do in North Mayo and Sligo? There's something, mm. there's something really bigger in the Can I say? Yes, go for oh, it. Oh, sorry. Um, no, but I think it's also very, very key. David had said about how five years ago um, God showed him a funnel of angelic activity pouring into the area to tie in with that. And um, we've also spoken to a young girl from Sligo only just a couple of months ago at Signal Fires, which is actually our young people were all down in Dublin. And I connected with the girl from Sligo and God gave her a picture of people from Ulster going along the border and actually there was like a border checkpoint okay um, and she was too young to remember the border <laughs> checkpoints okay so she remembers the border checkpoint and she said they came and said what's your authority to pass and it was members of the church saying my authority is I'm a worshipper my authority is I'm an intercessor I'm a and so they were giving all these things and they said come on in and they were actually coming towards North Connacht and um, that also ties in Graham Wiley if anyone was at NUA last year, um, would be a father, um, spiritual father of the church for many across um, the South. And he sensed the Lord over 20 years ago saying it was going to be the men of Ulster supporting the men of Connacht for what God was going to do in the kingdom. So we're really, I suppose I'll answer your question, sensing that God is stepping this up, okay? There is stuff happening. There's golden threads. God keeps on saying this to a lot of the church leaders in the West. He's just tying together golden threads of connection of the kingdom for what he's about to do. 
Um, and we have just loved over recent weeks seeing how God has very clearly answered words. I'm smiling at Bruna because there's been words, prophetic words from this house that have actually been given to us two, three years ago that have now in the last three weeks mm. all yeah. really shown us where we're meant to look for a house now. Mm. Um, and that's probably bringing us so, wanted. So yeah, like last question, then what does yeah. this mean for you guys? Then? Okay, so... Probably a couple of those words were, so Bruna <laughs> actually gave us a couple of times a word about how we were to look for something, because our heart was very much like, God, where do you want us to plant? Okay, where do you want us to plant? Under Tubber, what do you want us to plant? Um, and Bruna actually said, guys, there's actually a field. So yes, you're going to have a house, but you're going to actually, there's going to be a field of encouraging leaders in a wider like area. We have just been asked to step onto the Connaught leaders thing that actually help oh, the whole province of Connaught encouraging pastors um, and senior lead teams. And so we're going down to Slago tomorrow um, to be with that lead team. So Bruna, thank you. Even just that's coming about. God is so good. Also, Andrew McGuire gave us a word a couple of years ago um, about what God was going to take us into was supersedure. And I think I'm saying that right because it's something to do with bees. Anyone know that? Yeah, speak to Andrea about the bees if I'm getting it wrong. But apparently, um, the actual, the, whenever, if you want a new queen bee, that actually sometimes you'll put her alongside the old queen. And so then the colony will invite that queen in a lot easier if they see the old queens working alongside her for a while. And what we're actually seeing is what God's invited us into mm. is, as David said, this couple, Burton Val Werner, some people from Emmanuel Lurgan travel to them regularly for their prayer support. And um, they've been there for over 20 years, but they're very much saying, guys, God never asked us to plant. We're sensing it's now. We're behind this, but we want to journey with you for our last, because they're in their early 70s now. We want to journey with you alongside for a number of years to then see so we're even seeing the supersedure that God promised as well so what does it mean for us we're waiting for the miracle house Al <laughs> so it's so it's Ballina is where we're gonna we're looking around and um, so it's North Mayo it's where the conferences happen for Connaught leaders twice a year um, and we're going along there is actually pockets of traditional expressions of church that are I have never been to them, so this is not my opinion, but actually people within them who are friends of ours saying they're dwindling, they're dying out, um, and actually they're praying really fervently for a fresh expression in Ballina. Um, it's the largest town in all, the whole county, um, and there really isn't anything um, of something of life in the spirit. Um, so yes, we're going to move in with Burton Val, another couple, Mark and Angie Spence, who... We're not moving in with them. <laughs> David wants his own house. Um, but uh, so Mark and Angie Spence would have been sent out from Belfast City Vineyard and would have been involved in 24-7 boiler room in West Belfast for a number of years. They're currently over in Sligo, but we're sensing God's bringing the three families together to move into Balana just to pray, live incarnationally to see what he births. Mm. So we're right at the stage of praying for the miracle house that God says, this is the one. And then we will have the faith to go, he'll provide it. Mm. Um, and that's where we're at, because as soon as that comes, we're gone. You're gone. Yeah. With three boys? With three boys, yeah. With two in primary school, and then Elijah, secondary school here, but we'd only be starting secondary school in September down there. Okay. So it's huge, isn't it? But it's hugely exciting, isn't it? Oh, it's so amazing. For years, we've wanted to send a couple into the south of Ireland to be like a, a resource kind of church for our 
uh, growing kind of partnership of churches. And so it's been so good to partner with and walk with David and Cheryl into this. And it's really important that you guys understand, get it under your skin a little bit more. Um, and it's just wonderful. David, not mind me saying, he, he went uh, he went to o, with OAM down at the start as, a, as the landscaper, basically. Isn't that right? David's a background in landscaping and God did something in his heart and... Um, now they're going back to lead a church, and I just love the availability. And he's even using words like discombobulated and everything. <laughs> now, so it's uh, that was. <laughs> so it's uh, it's wonderful just to watch what God does with lives that are surrendered, isn't it? You know, and the willingness to pack everything up in a car and take your children and go and start planting a church and seeing what God wants to do in a new area. Um, there's nothing at a greater cost in the world, I don't think, than that kind of a thing. So, um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you all to stand. We're going to pray for David and Cheryl. We'd love you to speak to them afterwards, get to know them. I'm going to ask Andrew to come as well because um, Andrew is um, Gibson is the pastor of uh, CFC Belfast, a great partner church that many of you know of. Come on, let's stand together if we can. And um, um, this is kind of all what we see in the New Testament, churches partnering together for the advancement of the kingdom across the land. And so as we pray for Andrew and as we pray for David and Cheryl, um, as Andrew comes to speak to us this morning, we feel and sense the kind of chemistry, if I could put it like that, of the Holy Spirit as he knits us all together. So if, if maybe a couple of our elders would come as well, if you can get out there, guys, just lay a hand on, on these guys and we'll pray for Andrew as well as he comes to share. Yeah, let's just let's just, if you're if you're comfortable, just stretch your hand out. Um, just as we just as a sign of just saying yes and amen to everything that the Holy Spirit's doing. So, Lord, we just thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your Spirit. We thank you for um, all that you are doing in our lives and through our churches, God. We thank you for David and for Cheryl, Lord, and for the three boys, Lord. We bless them in the name of the Lord this morning. We ask, oh God, that you would give them the desires of their heart, God, for a dwelling place, Lord, for their family, that they can situate themselves to serve you well in this next season, oh God. We ask that your anointing would be upon them even as they go tomorrow again, Lord. We pray for more confirmation, for more connections, for more partnership in the Spirit, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you have heard and seen their yes, oh God. And Lord, even as we think about sending them in the next number of weeks and months, we pray that you would just increase the level of activity and connections. We thank you, Lord, for our land, Lord. We think about all the complex, difficult, tragic history, God, that is connected to, to Connet in particular, God. And Lord, we just speak your name, Jesus, over that part of our land. God, we say, Lord, with the dry bones, oh God, come to life. Would you raise up an army, God, out of that part of our nation, oh God. Lord, we thank you for its beauty in the natural, oh God. And we pray that there would be a beauty in the spirit, oh God, that would come and hover over that land for your glory in the name of Jesus, oh God. And Lord, we pray for Andrew this morning. We thank you for him. We thank you for his life, God. We thank you for his humility. We thank you for what you've called him to. And we pray this morning as he comes to share your word with us that you would speak to him and through him for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great stuff. Sorry, I'm just having a wee chat here with these guys. Um, I'd love to do something um, because you stay, Al, just where you are. I think it's, I think the Spirit has just confirmed a few things 
that have happened already this morning. Is that all right with you guys? Yeah. I'd, I'd love to, to, to ask Chris, would you stand just um, in the aisle there? And Al, would you go a little bit beyond? And then David and Cheryl, could you go beyond still? Um, I know. I'll not be getting asked back, but sure. I might as well have fun while I'm here then. But I feel there's something um, important about this, this passage that Jesus says, you know, um, when someone compels you to go one mile, you go another. And I, like I've always heard that taught, oh, that means like, you know, it was a Roman thing. And when the Roman soldier wanted you to go with them and then you, you, you went another mile with them and carried his stuff and all. But, and yes, and there's more to it than that. Because actually it's a Persian military command. And it was taken into this culture and a king would compel a messenger to go with the message. And there would be, there'd be stations and horses and, and along the way so that when one person would begin with the message, they would run, but then they would get tired, but they would give, bring the message and then that would be compelled and you would go with the authority of the king and you would carry it to the next one because the message had to get there. And, and, and so you run, you make sure the message is always at its fastest and its most, like it's passionate, it's got to get there. And so as we at CFC and with Tabar and Tubber, which is the correct pronunciation in the Irish, as we partner together and, and work together and knew and pull it all together, David and Cheryl, you are, you are compelled by the king to carry the message and to go in radical service, because it's radical. The passage that Jesus was going to talk about, it's radical service. And the Lord has called this church also to be a second mile church. As, as Lurgan began and passed something to you guys, so you will then pass it on. And we are to be a network of churches who continue to go the second mile and continue to radically serve this Ireland for the transformation and for the kingdom to come. And so I run to you, Chris, and compel you to run to Al with the message of the kingdom. And I compel Al, go, go. Amen. And I compel you to go. And you said something about authority. You, you go in the authority. You go in the authority. And, and, and the worshiper, that, that just confirmed it in my spirit. And you're compelled to go by the king of kings. There's no kingdom greater. No kingdom greater. And you carry the good news. And you're compelled by your king, your lord, your friend to go. And the exciting thing is, as Bert and Val, as Bert and Val are doing this with you, you two are going to do this again. Because you also will compel others to go another mile and another mile and another mile. And we will see the kingdom come in this land. And I'm so excited for your part in that and for your part in it as well. Emmanuel poured it down because it's, it's, it's significant here as well this morning. So bless you guys. Um, hi. <laughs> My name's Andrew. Um, Andrew Gibson. I'm married to Leanne, whose sister's here this morning. I didn't know she was coming, but Leanne's sister. Emma, why don't you stand up? This is, this is my wife's sister, and she's great. She's a good Dungannon girl. Um, I have four, four children. Uh, the eldest is Joshua. He's 17. He just passed his driving test. Oh, good gracious me. 
Um, Reuben is 14, Luke's 16, Luke's finishes G, finishing his GCSEs, and then our little daughter Karen is 12, she um, has Down syndrome, she's just finished her first year in mainstream high school, sat nine exams there recently, and got above 50 in all of them. Yeah. Come on. Um, she did get 16% in her RE at Christmas. Just saying. But she did get 66%. I know. It's the only one below 20 at Christmas. It was RE. Go, go, go figure. Um, I was a, a PE teacher for 16 years. Um, I took a career break in 2018 to study uh, theology and come on staff at CFC as an, uh, as an associate pastor. Um, I never even got to do that role. By the time I came on staff, I was sent to plant a site in Hollywood, our latest church plant down there. Um, really, really thankful. Four years later, it's going really, really well. Um, but in that time, I've been moved into senior pastor role, and I've been there for two years now. And, and here I am. Um, that's me. Um, I just want to share a few thoughts this morning. One about Emmanuel to be a second mile church and we're to be a second mile people. Um, and to be that radical servant to our town and to our nation. And Portadown's a town that I got to know really well just yesterday. <laughs> our youngest uh, son went on his Duke of Ed a couple of weeks ago and came back with a girlfriend. I know, and she lives in Portadown. Well, that's handy. <laughs> um, and as we were driving to Dungannon yesterday to see Leanne's parents, we dropped him off uh, out the um, Guildford Road. So I know where the Guildford Road is. Northway, yeah, Sego, all these places I, I know really well. But I also know um, RM Autos and Salters, because our car decided, the bottom end of it decided to fall out yesterday. <laughs> As we were, as we were driving, um, it was just the, the bit, you know, the, the splash sheet that keeps the engine safe underneath. So it, it fell down. Met two farmers; they couldn't help me. Sent me back to Nile at Litters, Abbey uh, Nodders. They had the tire place. N I know Nile. <laughs> we drove the car up, and Nile pushed the sheet back in. We got it down to Ingannon, and, and, and but so I know all about Port Now it's great. Um, because hasn't God done an amazing work with, with, I mean, Al walked me across this morning. Wow. I, I just, I was amazed um, at what God is doing in, in your place. So how can you be a second mile church? How can we be second mile people? Um, to do that in, in the next sort of 10 or 15 minutes, I just want to unpack a little bit of Acts chapter 6. So if you want to turn um, with me in your, your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. We'll read, um, we'll, we'll read through to like 7-1, and, and we'll see what God wants to do um, in this. So it's Acts chapter 6, and it says, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brothers, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. 
whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed and they laid hands on them, then the word of God spread. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen was full of faith and power, and he did great wonders and signs among the people. And there then arose from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Sicilia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. But they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. And they secretly then induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him to the council. They also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to seek blasphemous words against this holy place in the law. We've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face as the face of an angel. And the high priest said, are these things so? And he said, brothers and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. Isn't it really interesting as we look at that first verse in Acts chapter 6? In those days, the number of disciples was multiplying. There was growth. Things were happening. Things were moving. The church was growing. The great commission of Jesus was being carried out and lived out. They were second milers. They were going the second mile. They had sacrificed. They had given up. They had sold. They had moved. They had gone. They had obe were obedient. And they were growing. But I want to ask this, is growth the goal? Is growth the goal? When I was planting in Hollywood, people, really, really good willing people said, oh, if it's healthy, it'll grow. Healthy things grow. Have you seen weeds? Unhealthy things grow too. So growth is not the goal. Health is the goal. Someone said to me the other day, Gibbo, was your church, sorry, I get called Gibbo, that's my nickname. Gibbo, was your church growing? I was like, our church is healthy. You see, these guys were seeing what Jesus said they would see because they were being who Jesus told them to be. They're seeing what Jesus said they would see because they are being who Jesus has told them to be. And so as there is growth in Emmanuel Portadown, health is the goal. As we love God and we love others, and we grow in our health as disciples, we discover this amazing thing then. There's a complaint. Imagine a complaint in church. Shocking. Imagine a complaint in church. That would never happen here. I mean, we've had one and two, one or two in CFC over the years, but never, never Emmanuel Portadown. Complaints are okay. Actually, do you know what? Complaints are okay. Made at the right time, by the right person, with the right spirit, and for the right reason. In fact, the word used here in the Greek is the same word used back in the wilderness when the children of Israel were there. It's gugusimos. It's this murmuring. And back in the, in the Exodus, in the wilderness, they were murmuring because there was no food and there was no water and there, was, there needed to be food and water. You know what I mean, didn't there? That's a legitimate complaint. We get very hard sometimes in the children of Israel, don't we? A bit critical. The guys just were thirsty and hungry. And they complained. And there was murmurings. 
And what happened? Let's have a wee, I do like a wee bit of questioning. What happened to the people in the, in the wilderness who were hungry and thirsty? They were fed and watered, weren't they? They were fed and watered. What's happening here? See, it's not an accident that Luke uses this word. It's not an accident that this concept is the same concept. Because what's happening here is there's hunger, isn't there? You see, all were provided for. The lesson of the wilderness was all were provided for. But here, people are not being provided for. There's a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because some of their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. I want to say this. These guys respond to this complaint really healthily. Do you notice that? They respond to the complaint really healthily. And they set up a process and they set up a means to make sure that people's needs are met and they're not overlooked. Has the church in Ireland always responded well to health to complaints? We are to be a church that responds really healthily when there's complaints and set up systems and processes to make sure that things are done well and are done right and are done safely. What are we called to be as a church in Ireland to carry the kingdom message throughout Ireland? It's to respond really well when things aren't right. This is a season for the church to be a river that flows with justice and mercy. I watched a really interesting uh, article this morning before I came, and I feel the Lord would just have me to share it with you. It was a paddle boarders. I love paddle boarding. Paddle boarders riding a boar wave. Do you know what a boar wave is? A boar wave is when the sea flows into the river, and it's such a force that it actually goes up against the flow of the river, a tide, and then you can, you can ride the wave as it pushes against the river. It's amazing. I really felt the Lord impress on me is that this church has to be a river that goes against the tide. And it will be amazing to watch. It will be amazing to see. It will be amazing why we have to ride off. Because it takes somebody to, to get on the board and to paddle in first. And for people to see it can be done. So the Lord would say to you, it can be done. What you see and what you sense is that wherever it comes, it can be done. What you see in the vision for you and your elder team and your leaders here, what you see can be done. It, 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 but it takes someone to get on their board first and have that paddle. Can it be done? And then others join in, and it can be done. So the Lord would say to you, it can be done. And this complaint was about injustice. And it was about overlooking. It says that the, the widows had been neglected in their daily distribution. These Hellenists, they were Greek-speaking Jewish believers. They had different language and accent, but filled with the same faith. We're, we're really familiar, aren't we, with the concept of Jew and Gentile. But here within Jewish believers, there was difference. There was same, same, but different. And it was really funny that you're here, Emma, this morning. So, Because Emma worked in Cambodia with a mission organization for, for a while. And she brought me back a t-shirt. I mean, she brought me back a t-shirt, right? <laughs> Years serving the Lord in Cambodia. She went to Cambodia and all I got back was a t-shirt, right? But it said same, same, but different on it. I still wear it. It's a sleep t-shirt now, I don't wear it out loud. <laughs> but I really appreciate your generosity. <laughs> same, same, but different. These people were same, same, but they were different. 
I wonder, I wonder, is it like us in Ireland? I wonder even David and Cheryl, as you go to people, are same, same, but, but different. It's just, a, it's, an, it's an accent, isn't it? It's a flavor. But they're not to be overlooked. I wonder how, oh, whew. I wonder have we in the church in the north overlooked, looked past, looked beyond, talked about the nations but forgot about our nation? And so the Lord would say, yes, your eyes, your eyes are good because you're not overlooking. You're looking too. And, and, and as you look, wow, I stood in your new building and looked over. And, and it is strategic because you're not to overlook. You cannot be a church that overlooks. Not just ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, Emmanuel poured it down, but eyes to see what the Spirit is saying. Cannot be a church that overlooks. Not looking past, not looking beyond, not looking over. It's one of the things that frustrates me when people come and, and speak to our daughter. They speak Sometimes they speak to us and not to her. They speak over her. She's more than capable of having a conversation. And she could be a cheeky wee woman at times, like, do you know what I mean? She's also more than capable of not having a conversation with you. So if you ever meet us and you speak to her and she doesn't speak to you, I mean, don't worry, right? Don't take it personally. But don't overlook her. Because what did Jesus say? The kingdom of heaven is like a little child. So we don't want to overlook what is in front of us. Remember, God's pattern of provision is for all to be provided for. And the language comes through here, and so all must be provided for. And imagine what can be birthed when eyes are open, when ears hear, and when hearts are moved and action is taken. Imagine what can be birthed in Emmanuel Portadown for the town of Portadown when eyes are open, when ears are listening, and when hearts are moved and when action is taken. Imagine what can be birthed. But we see this in, 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 I think there's other connections here to, to what it was in the past in Scripture being brought into community and not being overlooked. And they, were Naomi and Ruth seen, not overlooked, but recognized and provided for? And what happened? What was birthed? What was ultimately birthed? Jesus. Oh, wow. I mean, what can be birthed when eyes are open and ears hear and hearts are stirred and action is taking? What can be birthed? And it comes from not overlooking. And it comes from seeing what needs to be seen and hearing what needs to be heard. And what's so interesting is, is that it's actually recognized by the state. So if we jump out of Scripture, can we do that for a minute, right? And we, list, and we read what Emperor Lucius said about the Christians at this time. He said, these impious Galileans support not only their own poor, but ours as well. They were known for being radically generous, radically serving, because if they didn't, nobody else would. We are living in times, church, where if we don't, nobody else will. What a position. What authority we have been given as carriers of his kingdom to serve in his nation, to serve in his land, to serve his people. And I love this. I love this. This is no accident either. Verse 1, it talks about the widows were neglected in the daily distribution, in the daily service of the food, in the daily delivery of the food, this willing act of service. 
And then in verse 4, when, when we read what the apostles say, they say, we will give ourselves continue to prayer and to the serving or the ministry of the word. It's the exact same word. The exact same word is given to the serving of the food and the serving of the word. Why? Because both matter. Dare I say it? Both matter equally. We got to care. These guys were caring about what they seen in front of them, and they were meeting the needs of what they seen in front of them. How can I have authority to speak a word to you if I'm not willing to feed you? Time is gone. I'll keep going for now. Five minutes. We got five. Give me, give me five. We got five. There we go. We got five. I've got twenty, but we'll go five. <laughs> And I love this, and I'm going to move into a bit of a response around this, and I've checked it with Al, so if there's any problems, speak to him. Um, I was preparing on, on Thursday, and I just was broken in my kitchen. Broken. So I hope I get through this. I really want to convey this. I think it's important. I think the Spirit really moved and shifted something in me. Um, so they, they have this situation. They've now got their system in place, but, but, but we, we, we see how they get their system in place. Verse 3 of Acts 6, they say this, Therefore, brothers, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Seven men of good reputation. And the Holy Spirit just hit me right between the eyes and said, The church has not been filled with men of good reputation recently. Where are the men of good reputation? Because if you, like me, have watched the church over the last 10, 15 years, you see man after man after man whose reputation just goes because of bad decisions, bad choice, of sin, of covering things up, of, not, of overlooking, of not caring. And the church needs to be filled with men of good reputation. I said to me about a couple of weeks back about speaking into what I, th I see in the Church of Ireland. I said, what do I see in the Church of, Church of Ireland? I have no idea what I see in the Church of Ireland. Like. But I see the need for this. What's God doing in the Church in Ireland at the minute? He's calling for men of good reputation. Could I ask a man in the room to stand with me? Pull out your hands if you would and you're comfortable with that. I, I don't know you. You don't know me. It's just my heart to, 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 to receive what God I feel has for you in this moment. Holy Spirit, I pray for my brothers in Christ who are standing here this morning. And I pray that as this town and as this region and as their families and as their friends and as their, their worlds look for men of good reputation, I pray that it would be found in them. Yeah. 
Holy Spirit, I want you, I ask you, I implore you to fill them with yourself and with wisdom in the choices that they make, in the choices that we make, in the, in the decisions that we take, in the lives that we lead. I pray we would be known as men of good reputation. And as this town sees what's happening in the shopfront church that's there, Lord God, in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the elevated place that you have set it, I pray that it would be known that that is a church where men have good reputations. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And we declare that these are going to be men who are going to serve word and they're going to serve food. That there be men and women, brothers and sisters, who serve word and serve food. In the power of your name and the power of your kingdom come. Amen. Amen. And so this continuous command of Jesus. Do you remember what he said to Peter? Whenever Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you, what did Jesus say to him? Feed my sheep. And so we continue to feed sheep, don't we, Emmanuel Portadown? We continue to feed with word and with food, with wilderness manna, with bread and fish. We continue the compassion of God, continue God's compassion for his people. And we close just, ah, oh, it's a half of five. Okay, here we go. We close with this. I, I, I love... Um, I love the fact that this was a church moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And we see them all through this. We see them all through this. This was a gifted church. But I feel that it's emboldened my notes. If you don't believe me, come and check them, right? I feel it's emboldened. It's emboldened the Holy Spirit's told me to tell you, right? You're a gifted church. Doesn't mean you're, doesn't mean you're brilliant, because every church is gifted, right? You, you're a gifted church, and your gifts are broad and wide. They're diverse and deep. And as Stephen, Steve, see, Steve, this is the thing about Stephen. People think, oh, Stephen was in charge of the social action. The reason why I stopped short of, of, of at chapter 7 is, have you read him preaching? Wow. He's the gift of teaching as well. And he's also got gifts of miracle. He's got gifts of faith. He's got gifts of power. Stephen's a second miler. And for Emmanuel poured it down to take the message of compulsion from the king and take it to a town and a nation that needs it. The gifts of the Spirit are called out in each of you, have been given to each of you, broad and wide, diverse and deep. And the Lord would call you to use them for his kingdom to grow and for his kingdom to come. And now not just the men, but will we all stand as I close in prayer and invite the band back up. I just thank you that you are, you are high and lifted up. You are Alpha and Omega, and you are seated on the throne, and heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool, and yet you're here. You're intimate and close. Holy Spirit, you are present. Holy Spirit, you are with us. Holy Spirit, you're in us. And so we as temples of your Spirit, not only do we want to be men, of good reputation, we want to be women of good reputation, men and women of good reputation. We want to be men and women who are filled with your spirit. We want to be a body here at Emmanuel Portadown that is filled with the spirit.
filled with wisdom, filled with your gifting, broad and wide, diverse and deep, able to reach this town with the love of God and the power of the Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, come and your kingdom come in this place. Holy Spirit, even now, would you whisper and, and, and speak into the hearts of people what their gifts are, their gifts that have laid dormant, their gifts that are not being exercised. Lord, would you, would you whisper again and stir up, Lord, your gifts, what you have given to this body. Move and to exercise, to carry and run for a second mile again and again and again. Be part of bringing your kingdom to this land. In Jesus' name, amen.